Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast. This is Big VJ checking in. Today's conversation is Black Lives Matter only when a black person is killed by a so-called white person. I'll say it again. Today's conversation is Black Lives only matter when a black person is killed by a so-called white person, right? I think uh, we're definitely ready to have that conversation, right? Also, before we dig in, though, let me say this as well. You know, um, we always have to prepare ourselves for the economic battlefield. So, you know, I strongly encourage our people, our family to make sure we support black-owned business, right? You know, the states are opening up. Cities are opening up. Online business has been keeping a lot of enterprises afloat. Nevertheless, we want to make sure that we spend our black dollars in black-owned business. And if we're not able to go into a black-owned business, we definitely want to spend our dollars where black people is actually working at, right? So it's a beautiful thing, right? It's a beautiful thing. Economy is opening up. That's a beautiful thing, right? If you look at the header, though, right, for today's conversation, if you look at the header... You can see someone holding a banner and the banner says hashtag Black Lives Matter. If you ever want to take a look at any of our memes, you can visit the Real Black Consciousness Forum podcast, the channel on YouTube, and you can go to the community section, of course. And any meme that we created, of course, we always put on the community section, right? But this one is going to be up for conversation. And the meme reads, it says, uh, have anyone noticed that there is only, only, only a Black Lives Matter march or protest when a black person is killed by a so-called white person? Other than that, you don't see these Black Lives Matter people anywhere, right? So, of course, that's going to be today's conversation. Now. I can already know that the title alone is going to rub a lot of our people the wrong way, right? Because sometimes um, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. But, you know, Mr. Muhammad, right, peace be upon him, always said, right, Elijah Muhammad, I'm talking about, said that our people need straight talk, man. You can't come sideways. You can't come around the corner with it. You can't come with lilies and daisies and roses when you say it he <laughs> said our people is a peculiar people because we need straight talk if you look at the slide that i have in front of us now some of us recognize each and every last soul that's on the slide i have in front of me now right their lives and their legacies been on social network they made it to local news. It made it to national news. But the things that stand out, the truth of this matter, though, that's going to stand out more than anything else is that we know these men because they were killed by so-called white people. If we're honest with ourselves, that's the only reason we know. Them. That is the only reason we know their story. 
If they were killed by someone that looked like them, the story wouldn't even make social network. Won't make the local news. It damn sure not going to make the national news. Because unfortunately, like I say on this podcast, blacks killing blacks is almost as American as apple pie now. It's not even a big deal. In fact, we all know that the most dangerous place in the black community right now to this day is the service station, the gas station, on a corner in the neighborhood. The most dangerous spot in the neighborhood is a gas station in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood, whether you live in Philly, Indianapolis, Detroit, Chicago, anywhere in that Midwest, anywhere in the South, anywhere on the West Coast. If you live in the wilderness of North America, that service station past 7 p.m. is the most dangerous area in the neighborhood. But guess what? Nobody does anything about it. We avoid it. We stay away from it. Because why? We're taught to do that. Black lives does not matter. Unless your life was snuffed out. And it was taken from you. By a so-called white person. That's the formula. White on white crime is not going to make the television. As far as national news is not going to happen. And when I say this, I mean, that unfortunately is the formula. And when I say formula, I mean a so-called white person that's a citizen, a police officer, or they work for the state or some federal agency. If they take the life of an original man or woman, it's going to be national news automatically. That's the formula. So-called white person killed black person equals national news equals hashtags equal Exposure all over social networks. This is what it equals. It's not the same when a so-called white person shoot a brown man. It's going to, not going to get that much exposure. If a so-called white man go to Chinatown. Or ride by Indian reservation and something goes array. And he just so happened to kill that red or yellow man that's in front of him. It's not going to make national news. The magic formula is. For a so-called white person to kill an original man or woman. This is how come we know who Eric Gardner is. This is how come we know who Ahmaud Aubrey is. We're sad that our brother Ahmaud Aubrey lost his life. But just to be truthful now. Him jogging in a neighborhood that wasn't his and he was killed. We know that would have happened to him in South Central L.A. We know that would have happened to him on the south side of Chicago or the west side of Chicago. We know that would have happened to him on the east side of Detroit. We know that would have happened to him on the west side of Detroit. But what we seen was the Black Panther Party after our brother Ahmaud Arby was killed and they went down there and protested in front of the officer's house. So now you got to ask yourself like, okay, when a so-called white person kill a black man, how come it be makes how come it makes national news? How come we get a protest and a march and a hashtag out of that? But if a black man kill a black man, nothing actually happens. How come? Well, this is what's going on in my estimate, right? It all comes down to accountability. 
In my estimate, this is what it's all about. Accountability, right? You know, the police department, the so-called white man, he is more responsible over black lives than black people are. You don't like it? I say it again. It all boils down to the value of a human being and accountability, right? The so-called white man, it's more responsible over black lives than black people are. And what does it say about our community, though? If that's the position now. What does it say about our people and our community? What that actually says is, family, that the black man and woman in the wilderness of North America, as far as our community is concerned, is not accountable for anything. We're not responsible for anything. We only lay responsibility now on the hands, the arms and shoulders of the so-called white man. This is why we're devastated when we're killed by one of them. Because they're accountable, right? They're more responsible for us than we are for us. Right? Let, let's, let's go to another slide. In the wilderness of North America, the black man and woman learn something very early, very fast. I'm talking about pre-teen years. I'm talking about adolescent years. The first thing you learn by living in the black community as a black man, as a black woman is you're not able to display any signs of accountability. That's the first lesson that we learn in the inner cities in the United States of America. There's nothing with value. We can't show any responsibility and we cannot show any accountability. So what did this mean? Anybody that we see in our neighborhood that engage in illegal activities flow with immunity in the neighborhood. And us being also members of this same community, we allow it. We don't say nothing about anything in our neighborhoods. Because we're not responsible for ourselves. Being responsible for ourselves will indicate that we have some type of accountability. And the first thing that you learn in the black community is not to show any accountability over anything. Accountability only belongs to the so-called white man. This is why we march and protest and we flood the streets and we make hashtags when we are killed by a so-called white person. But it's time that we have this conversation that we can admit it. We don't have any accountability over our neighborhoods. You can sell drugs in our neighborhoods with impunity. I don't care if it's pills. I don't care if it's marijuana. I don't care if it's coke. I don't care if you witness an assault when you're coming home. Somebody's getting jumped on. Three or four guys jumping on a female. Three or four guys jumping on another guy. Fights happen all the time. You pull out the phone. That's not to call the police department now. No, no, no. That's against the rules. Because if you call the police when you see any illegal activity, we will run you out this neighborhood because now you a snitch. Because now by you doing that now, you're showing 
a certain level of accountability and responsibility now, right? And the most organized individuals in the black community with guns, believe it or not, is the police department. No, 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 no. Can't call them. You a snitch. You a rat. If you don't like the issues of this neighborhood, you got to poke out your chest and fix them yourself. So if I see someone selling drugs or someone being assaulted, if I'm driving on the way home and I see someone breaking and entering into somebody home, I got to keep driving. I got to act like I don't see it. See, that's the that's rule number one. Self-preservation. Self-preservation means in the black community means, hey, I can't show any signs of accountability. I can't show any signs of responsibility. So when I see that breaking and entering family, I got to act like I don't see it. And you know what we do? We don't see the drugs. We don't see the assaults. We don't see the B&Es. We don't see the homicides. We don't see the sexual assaults. And we make it cool. Right? We say things like, I hear no evil. I say no evil. I see no evil. Right? We say that we, this is the no snitch rule over here, right? We we going to keep it real. We're going to stick to the G code, right? We're going to stick to the G code. Homicides now. When somebody blow their brains out, I got to act like I don't see it. If somebody robbed me, I got to act like it never happened. If somebody robbed you, I got to act like it never happened. Sexual assaults. Brothers that's 25 years old, brothers that's 30 years old, running around with that 16, 17-year-old girl. I got to act like I don't see it now. I can't show any signs of accountability. Not here. Not in the neighborhood. We keeping it real down here, man. We sticking to the code, baby. We keeping it real. Only time where we poke our chest out and say we should be treated with respect and dignity when a so-called white person come down into our neighborhood and do to us what we do to each other every day. Now, all of a sudden, our chest is out now. We got a different bravado now. You know, yeah, I was watching the uh, unfortunate Amar Arby case, right? I'm checking out the news cycle and I see the so-called Black Panthers, right? The new Black Panther Party, they go down there, some young brothers. And at this time... The alleged killers of Ahmaud Arbery, see, they wasn't in custody just yet, right? But their address leaked out. There was some type of march and demonstration held by Black Lives Matter and the Black Panther Party, right? So they go to these individuals' blocks. Like when I say individuals, I'm talking about the devils, the so-called killers, right? They go down there to their block, their neighborhood, and then they protest in front of their house. Now, at this time now, these are the alleged killers, father and son, that shot Ahmaud Arby. But since the word was out, right? The word was out. Our people felt the need to protest that these men be arrested and they be taken off the street, right? Honorable thing. Nothing wrong with it. Do you know why they marched in front of the so-called shooter's house, though? Do you know why they protest and demonstrated on the block of the so-called shooter. Because he was a so-called white man. Because anybody that gets shot in the neighborhood. We know it. 
There's no such thing as an unsolved murder in the neighborhood. When somebody get popped in the neighborhood, homicide, the body drop, we know who shot him. You know what we call that? We call that the word on the street. Like, oh, we know who did it. But guess what's not going to happen? Ain't nobody going to get together and protest. Ain't nobody going to get together and go in front of the alleged shooter's home. Right? The alleged shooter's home and say they want justice. They want to see this guy locked up. It's just not going to happen. You know why? Because you're going to be showing signs of accountability and you can't do that in the neighborhood. Nobody in the black community can show accountability. Not even Reverend Porkchop. Your local preacher can't do it neither. Don't you know these pastors got a church in every corner? If the 12-year-old kid, he know where the drug's coming from, you don't think Reverend Porkchop know where the drug's coming from? I, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to say, you know, that's just the thing we say, see, Reverend Porkchop, you know, this is what we say. Not to be derogatory to anybody, right? You know. But Reverend Porkchop, though, nonetheless... You think he don't know where the trap house is at in the neighborhood? You think he's going to assign to himself or to his members that these people be removed? When I say these people, I mean drug pushers, people that's involved in assaults, people that's involved in robberies and homicide. You think pastors in the neighborhood are turning people in? <laughs> you think that's happening, bro? You think that's happening, sis? Or are you thinking... They're following the number one rule of the neighborhood. And that is, you can't show any signs of accountability now. You can't show any signs of accountability. This is why black lives only matter. I don't care what they tell you. Black lives only, only matter when your life is taken by a so-called white person. You know, there was a story that jumped out to me from the Chicago Tribune, right? This story going to break your heart, man. This story from April the 2nd, 2020, is going to break your heart. The headline is, a pregnant Chicago teen was gunned down after a $5,000 bounty was placed on her head. For testifying in a murder trial, this is the word of the prosecutors, right? A sister now, the earth, original woman now, a goddess with child had a bag put on her head because she testified in a murder trial. She wasn't testifying for a stranger, right? You go through the Chicago Tribune, you read the entire story. She wasn't, it wasn't some stranger that got shot and she wasn't, you know, she had no skin in the game. Her cousin was shot. She was there. She seen her cousin get shot. And what she did when she seen her cousin get shot is when it came back around to testify to clean up her neighborhood of a shooter that shot someone else that looked like her. Same ethnicity as her. When that guy got arrested, she was later gunned down and killed. But our sister, unfortunately, she broke the first rule of the neighborhood. She showed a sign of accountability.
She showed a sign of responsibility. She seen a homicide. She wanted to get a killer out of her streets, out of her block, out of her neighborhood. And she was laid a gun down. Now, here's the thing now, because this is how all hoods operate now. Don't you know the word is out about who shot her? That's the word of the street. No, nothing happens in the neighborhood and everybody just blind. They don't know. They know. We know. That so-called killer, their sister, right? Nobody's not going to protest in front of their house. Nobody's going to march in front of this so-called. You're not going to be able to get these Black Panther members to come up to the city of Chicago and march on the block of the so-called shooter. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. They say never say never. It's never going to happen. Our beautiful sister is gone for trying to clean up her neighborhood. But unfortunately, she broke the first law of the black community. And that's again, you cannot show any accountability or responsibility. Here's an article from the Washington Post. Right. It says in the past decade, nearly 26,000 murders have gone without an arrest in major American cities. Of those more than 18,600 of the victims, almost three quarters were black. And if you kind of look in the backdrop of this Washington Post article, you see it in purple and gray and purple and gray. Those are the names of victims that has been killed in the wilderness of North America. And three quarters are black people. The article out of Boston reads, Nearly a year after Ace Jackman was gunned down in the street, his mother and five-year-old brother walked in Dorka Donuts, where the boy spotted a pit bull puppy and dashed over to pet the puppy. Skinner's gaze followed her young son and then settled on the man holding the leash. Their eyes met. She froze. It was the same man who she believes killed Jackman. She grabbed her youngest son's hand, yanking him away from the man and back out to the car. Quote, we all know who shot my son, Skinner said. They haven't arrested him. In the past decade, police in 52 of the nation's largest cities have failed to make an arrest in nearly 26,000 killings, according to a Washington Post analyst of homicide arrest data. In more than 18,600 of those cases, the victim, like Jackman, was black. Black victims who accounted for the majority of homicides were the least likely of any racial group to have their killings result in an arrest. The Post found, while police arrest someone in 63% of the killings of white victims, they did so in 47% of those with black victims. Bear in mind that those 
They had to do it all by themselves. Those 47% of those homicides that generally the police solve, they got to do it by themselves. We have a no snitch code. We can't tell on anybody. We can't tell on anything. This is why the first time when you're living in the city, when your mom start making some money, your dad start making the money, the first thing that they have to do to be responsible for the neighborhood that they move in, they got to move out their neighborhood and move in the neighborhood with so-called white people at, right? Listen to me, family. You can't go in any suburb in America and set up a crack house and set up a dope house. You can't do it because the minute those your neighbors find out that you're doing that, they're going to put the law on you now. If you want to have a career as a successful drug dealer, do you know where you have to go? You got to go to the neighborhood. They ain't going to say nothing. Right. So what happens is this. You got rapists in the neighborhood. You got dope boys in the neighborhood. You got shooters in the neighborhood. You got guys that's assaulting one another in the neighborhood. And these individuals, they got cases on them. But mixed in with them, you have upstanding black American citizens, exceptional, that live in the neighborhood with them. So because we don't give these people up, right? We don't give the shooters up. We don't give the rapists up. We don't give the guy that's doing the B&E up. We don't give we don't give none of these guys up. Right. These shady individuals. We don't give them up. We stick into the code. This is the G code. Right. See, what happens is that honest working square dealing black American man and woman. See, they live in the same neighborhood. So while the police are overpopulated in our neighborhoods trying to fish these guys out. Your boy Tommy that works the nine to five. He never gets any trouble. See, the police end up stopping him. And then what happens? He pour Tommy over. Tommy's a black American that live in a neighborhood. Square dealing, good brother. But the law had the conversation with him and end up killing Tommy. That's what happens in the neighborhood. Most of the guys that get killed by the police, they're squares. They're good guys, bro. But you know why the police is in the neighborhood in the beginning? They're trying to find the people that you didn't turn over. If you just gave them up, Tommy would be alive right now. If you just gave them up, but you didn't give them up. So why are they looking for them? They're going to find people like you that stay out of trouble. Your nephew that stays out of trouble, right? Your dad that stays out of trouble. Your uncles that stay out of trouble. Because they're looking for them. And they end up hurting the wrong people. Right? What am I saying by all this? Family, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is. Black Americans is going to a new place. Black Americans is going to a new place. We already at a new level of consciousness around. We're headed into an area already of what I call black fatigue, where the so-called white man that didn't used to say nothing no more. He's saying more things about black Americans now. See, because what's happening is that in what I call black fatigue is that. See. The so-called white man, 
He's noticing our people are hypocrites now. See, he's catching on. See, he's noticing. He's reading the paper. He's seeing you have a lot of shootings in your neighborhood. Nothing is being done. There's no marches. There's no protesting. But he's noticing now. And there was a time where they didn't say anything. But now, guess what? They can type just like you. They can make a social network group just like you. And now they're being even bolder with they're bringing it to your attention. Damn, Keyshawn. Damn, Jamal. I heard that there were some shootings over there in your neighborhood this last holiday weekend. We heard 36 people got shot. Do you know anything about it? Know what you say? Because you can't show accountability now. You go right back to how you were taught. No, nah, man, I don't know nothing about it. Hmm. How interesting. And then you, you get your money together. And you want to move out to that so-called white neighborhood. But guess what? They don't want you out there now because why? You live by no snitch rule. See, it's part of black culture now. You think it's all about racism. But don't nobody want a neighbor stand next door to them that when you see somebody coming out my goddamn house with a television, your first thought is not to say nothing. Nobody want nobody next door to them where you hear somebody hollering and screaming. It sounds like a domestic disturbance coming from next door. Or across the street, you hear it, but now you have to act like you don't hear it. You're not a good neighbor. They don't want you out there with them. No, you go back to the neighborhood. That's where you do that at. That's what you call black fatigue. The so-called whites are going to start calling out our people on the hypocrisy now. But guess what, family? We're not saying anything about the shady individuals in our neighborhood. Listen, we're going to a new place in consciousness. Everybody can go. We love our cousins. We know we ain't right. We love our brothers and our uncles. We know they ain't right. Guess what? It's going to take a turn in America where they ain't going to be able to go, bro. It's time that we let these guys go. Because where we're going as a community, they are not able to go and we cannot save them all. Peace and black power, family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for hanging out, family. This is Real Black Country, the Forum Podcast, man. I'm going to get it with you guys later. Peace.